Okay, welcome along to the Make It Count podcast. I nearly forgot who we were then. Uh, we're the Taylor Bros, um, and I'm David. And I'm Matt. Uh, or Matthew. Matthew, yeah. Matty. No, you're not a Matty. Matty. You? You've never been a Matty. <laughs> I was only a Matty on the, the school football field. It was Matty Taylor. Oh, there we are. Because there was a few Matts. So. It's always a lot of Matts. Yeah. <laughs> At one point on our football team this year, there were like five Matts, weren't there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and for my university dissertation, I actually was in a group with an exactly the same named person. There was three of us in a group, and there were two of us called Matt Taylor. Brilliant. There you are. There you go. So, welcome back to another episode <laughs> of the Make It Count podcast. And you know this, Matt, but I'm not sure how many other people know this. I used to be a tennis coach, and... I started doing it straight after uni, so I was probably like 20, 21 at the time, and someone, I was I was doing some tennis coaching at the time, and this ladies session came up, and they said, hey, can you do this ladies morning session for us, it's 10 till 12, and it's a few ladies, and she's going to coach it, so I was like, oh, sure, but it was the first time really I'd coached any adults at all, like, up to that point, I've been doing kids camps, and like, you know, seven-year-olds are a little bit different. So I go along and I've, I've thought really hard about this session and what we're going to do and how we're going to help. And someone said, well, you know, they quite maybe want to help work on their serve. So I prepared this like in detail two hour plan for how I can help them with their serves. And uh, I remember doing the session and just sort of goes in a bit of a blur, balls just flying everywhere. It's tennis, isn't it? So and, and I thought it went reasonably well. And then a few days later... <laughs> Another coach came and almost put his hand just round my shoulder and just went, oh, so you know that ladies' session? I, you know, do you remember that for them it's basically just social tennis? You know, you could maybe do 10 or 15 minutes of coaching in the middle, but really they just want to feel like they're getting better, but actually just, like, chat and socialise. You know, these ladies are two, two and a half times my age. They're, they're not getting any better at that point. And I was like, oh, yeah, I totally missed that. <laughs> totally missed it. And and you might be wondering, how does this relate to what we're going to talk about today? Well, I, I there's different ways of looking back at that story. It's a bit of a funny story. It brings me a bit of joy now. I'm just like, oh, yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> what am I doing? Trying to make these into like elite performers, you know, every week we get way better. No, like, so I just laugh a bit. But I think some people would look back at it and go, oh, I'm such an idiot, like beat themselves up over it. Mm. All to say is today we're kind of talking about joy. And you might think, well, what does that? And I think there's an element of looking back and you can choose that joyful attitude of laughing at it. Or you can choose the moment where you just beat yourself up and go, I never want to do that again. And maybe you withdraw and you go, I'm not going to try something new because what if I get it wrong and it's embarrassing? Ah, that's totally not the lesson I thought you were drawing out of that. Oh. I thought you were drawing out of that, that they just wanted to enjoy it. Oh yeah, that's true as well. And that you were trying to make it something that they improved and actually the real goal for them was joy. Yeah. Well, also two things. I mean, we know this. I can't remember where the research came from, but they said when children are at school, they want two things, don't they? They want to feel like they're getting better yeah. and they want to enjoy time with their friends. Mm. So we just weren't quite in the same place because they obviously wanted to enjoy time with their friends and I wanted them to get better. But that was less important. They just wanted to feel like they were getting better. And they didn't get better, most of them. 
But, they probably but that's okay enjoyed because their they time. enjoyed it more afterwards. Uh, it was a much easier session to do once you realise, oh, you do a 20 minute warm up where you just bouncy, 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 lots of balls, and then you do a drill for 20 minutes, and you do a lesson for 10, and then you play games for the rest of it, and you manage that. Brilliant. Much more chill. Wonderful. Yeah. Enjoyable for everyone. Yeah, it was more of like a facilitator with basically, I had to turn up with the tennis balls. I think. They could have run the session themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So, Joy, mm-hmm. and we're the Make It Camp podcast. Mm. Thanks for telling that story. It's a mm. great introduction. <laughs> but how does Joy tie to making it camp? Yeah, what do you think? Because I've just spoken for ages. How would you tie it together? Well, the the thoughts that I was having when we were discussing this episode... I've been reading, finally been reading, the Atomic Habits book. Yeah. Um, it's quite funny. There, <laughs> Someone had emailed us in the, the makeitcount.pod at gmail.com email address. Nice. Cheeky plug. Uh, and they were saying, oh, I've been meaning to send this to you for a while and I've uh, just listened to the Procrastination Podcast. So I thought I might as well actually get around to sending <laughs> you that email. And when that came in, um, that I've... I was also stuck on that podcast. I'd been, so typically I've been listening to ours as they come out, which is a few weeks after we record them. But a little while back, I just kind of stopped listening to them and I was stuck on that one. I was like, <laughs> I'm procrastinating on listening to my own podcast. Um, so I tend to get to things slowly, hmm. finally getting to the Atomic Habits book. And we've spoken about it a few times. I think we are going to have to do a book review on this at some point in the hmm. future. But law number four that he has of four is make it satisfying. If you want Mm. a habit to stick, you've got to make it satisfying. And the satisfaction is about the pleasure. Mm. Um, And he says, if something is going to be repeated, it has to be pleasurable immediately. Mm -hmm. That's the challenge. The catch-22 is often our good habits, habits that serve us well in the long run, are not immediately satisfying, but they are long-term, delayed satisfying. Mm. The habits that are not good for us, or bad habits in the long term, have an immediate payoff, but they're bad in the the long run. Mm. And so that's how we need to to think. And so I thought, I was thinking, well, of course, this totally fits in making it count because the joy here, the satisfaction or the pleasure, is the, the driving motivation. It's the thing of I'm pursuing that pleasure or I'm pursuing that reward. It, and that is what drives so many of my habits. Either I can be intentional and, and and wise in how I craft my habits for good things, or I just default and that's why I fall into these bad habits, mm. quote unquote. Yeah. And I think there's a, like you said, there's a joy in the near or joy in the far. What is it? And ideally, we have something that is joyful in the present and really good for us in the long term. Yeah. And I, I liked that bit of research. I did already mention it, but that idea of like, what do children want from school? Yeah. They want to enjoy time with their friends and they want to feel like they're learning something or yeah. improving. Yeah. And well, that's probably true for most of us. There is a joy that comes from like actually getting better at something from mastery. But also, we're totally social people. Yeah. You know, when we go to work, part of the... We, you never get paid for it, or most people don't get paid for it, but you want to enjoy time with your colleagues or co-workers or people you're serving or helping or whatever way. And so yeah. it's like, oh, yeah, 
I want to feel like I'm improving and I want to do that with people I like. Yeah. <laughs> Seems really obvious, but it's quite a loose job description, but um, <laughs> well, I really, accept it. <laughs> it's really interesting you're saying that because I'm just thinking though that description of what the children want at school matches exactly what they get with online gaming. Mm. You get enjoyment time with your friends and you feel like you're progressing, certainly in the early stages of stuff. And you've constantly got things you can level up in. So, oh, yeah, that makes total sense why that's such an attractive option mm. and probably an addictive option if you're not careful with it. Um, and, and, and so I suppose in terms of lots of things we've spoken about this before with education, with hobbies that you're trying to learn or, you know, for example language learning whatever there's the whole idea of gamification it yeah. adds to that mm. and what do they all have they all have scoreboards which is a, a sense of competition and you're leveling up but you could also s do competition within your friends if you have friends you can find them and so you're doing stuff with your friends mm. so and somewhere along the line i think we get that squashed and i was I was thinking I do some some work with a local charity organisation where we go in and deliver assemblies to different schools. And it was a little while ago we went into this school and we set up the projector and all sorts. And then obviously the kids file in. So what are you going to do where the kids file in? So we showed this video on the screen. Mm. It's this amazing nature, you know, all over the world, just shots of like sea lions and waterfalls and these amazing things. And the kids would come in and they'd look at it and then they were like, oh, whoa. They'd like, look at their friend, oh, isn't that amazing? And they're looking at this. What? And then what happens? The teacher sh shows up and is like, shh, everyone, watch in silence. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like all these kids are experiencing Terrible. this wonder and they're awestruck and they're enjoying it and they're, they're, they're totally immersed in this experience. And then the teacher's like, oh, that's a bit loud. Shh quiet no fun here no wonder oh, here no. And, and that got me thinking because it's not quite joy but it did get me thinking it's like, i'm sure i've seen some research about like children laughing versus adults laughing oh, so yeah. i quickly looked it up and they were like children on average will laugh 300 times a day uh, adults will chuckle about 17 and a half times i don't know how they get the half maybe like don't know. what's a half laugh oh no we all know what a half laugh is anyway 17 and a half times a day so it's like there's a huge difference wow and it's like somewhere along the line we stop to just we stop enjoying we stop mm. laughing we stop doing the things that are fun yeah i was at um a work garden party on the weekend Ooh. it was pretty fun they had a marquee out and everything when i first turned up the first place i went because i saw it as i walked in there was a little ball pit and there was a kid in it and there was someone else next to the ball pit that i knew so i went over to to chat to them and their kid had a mission one mission in his mind all these balls need to get out of this pit so he was happily, merrily picking up a ball at a time and throwing it out. And every time he did, he just had this big grin on his face. And he'd be like, yee. And he'd throw another ball. Yee. And he just had this joy. You could see it bouncing out of him. And there was me and another guy who was doing our best to make sure that these didn't get lost in the hedge that was nearby and sort of fending them. And then we'd dump them all back in. But he, it, it amazed me. It was just this... from perfect picture of a kid he's i mean it's such a simple thing but 
it, his joy didn't diminish with each one. He was just, he was loving it. He was enjoying that moment. And there's, it, it wasn't as progressing. He wasn't really, I don't know. It was just such a simple thing, but he didn't get bored of it. He was loving it and that joy. And of all the people there, you know, all the adults are there and there's an open bar and there's, you know, a hog roast and everything. But he was the most, he was having the most fun. And he, all he was doing was throwing balls out of a pit, mm. thinking, how can we necessarily re- revert to that? Because, of course, his mind is still growing and developing. But how can we capture some of that wonder mm. and that novelty? And, and obviously, what do we adults say? And look at that. It's like, he's a chaos monster. You know, <laughs> like, what is he doing? He's like, that's not how it's meant to be done. You're not doing fun the way it was designed to yeah. be done and, yeah. and maybe some people are listening to us and their parents and they're like yeah you guys you haven't got children you're naive it is chaos <laughs> like yes. you have to have control and maybe you do maybe you don't i don't know there's an element of us i mean we've worked with children but at the end of the day with all my coaching i still sent the kids home at the end of the session like uh, you know i think it's probably different when you you have to take them home yeah um, <laughs> But uh, like you said, there is an element of somewhere we, we sort of get bogged down by something. We, mm. we stop enjoying the simple things. And, and like you said, I think I remember someone talking about this. Like, you know, when you've got a kid and they're growing up, you can do the same jigsaw puzzle over and over and over again. And there's still a joy from that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe we'll do a episode at some point on sadness because I'd be interested to know, that I'm sure they have done the research on how many times a day kids cry better adults it's probably a similar sort of magnitude <laughs> order of difference yeah we probably wouldn't maybe praise that as good maybe it's just a case of as we grow up we learn to squash our emotions <laughs> yeah basically not so oh i don't know whether to go we will learn to regulate them or we learn to suppress them <laughs> but yeah don't feel just be numb yeah. produce be a machine a robot automaton <laughs> Wow, this is not where I thought this episode would go. Where did you think it was going to go? Into joyful, happy places. Oh, right. You're not feeling joyful and happy. I'm smiling, so yes. Uh, I I actually thought one of the things that's been said about you is that you're quite a joyful person. You, and I've you like such. to say that about yourself. Mm. All the time. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, early in the morning. Hi, Dave. Are you having a great morning? I'm sure there's a proverb about that. Someone there who is. greets someone with a joyful thing early in the morning. Loud greeting in the morning is like curse or something. Yeah. That's not how I am, though. No, I'm you're very... not. You are genuinely a joyful person. And I was thinking, well, probably one of the things I think people associate with your joy, other than that occasionally you're funny, is that <laughs> you've got quite a warm and free laugh. Mm-hmm. And so that just, oh, he's a joyful person because he's quick to laugh. And that, that's true. There are some people we meet that are very free and quick to laugh. And you're like, yeah, they're a joyful person. Um, whether that's true or not, I don't know. What? Whether I'm joyful? Oh, no. This was, I was going to say, because basically <laughs> I was like, yeah, I think you are joyful. I know you quite well. I think you are quick to laugh. And I think that's genuinely like a true reflection of your inner world. But then I was thinking about, like, obviously, there's quite a thing with, like, comedians that, like, they mm. make people laugh or they do laugh, but actually they're, like... They're really depressed They're really depressed. I was with Robin Williams. Um, yeah. But I think that was a medical thing <laughs> a bit as well. Well, in, partly, in preparation for this episode, I was listening. I, I, 
was like, ah, oh, need to do some research. So, of course, where did I turn to? My trusty podcast app. And I typed in joy oh, in the I search bar. I thought you went bar. to Google. We went to podcast app. <clears throat> yeah, I went to my oh, podcast yeah. app. In order to prep for a podcast, one must listen to a podcast. Oh. That's a proverb that <laughs> I've just made up. <laughs> and I was listening to an, ep- an episode um, by a... Well, ironically, I typed in the word joy and the podcast by a woman called Joy came up. Oh, and she'd written a book called Aggressively Happy. Mm. Uh, it came out this year. Mm. I have yet to read it. But... Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not two it, words I would put together. It's a great title, isn't it? She talks about (laughs) how she tries to, in her podcast space and in her life, cultivate a space of beauty and goodness and truth and joy. And there's sort of three sets of people that she's encountered. People that are on board with that. Mm. People that are kind of not sure about it. And is it all right to be happy in a world that's so full of pain and hurt? Mm. And people that are kind of her antagonist as she says and thinks she's just having everyone on and it's all a bit of a show mm. she says well the thing about that is by nature she is melancholic and she's that's her de- almost her default space so she mm. that's par- probably where the title comes in she it's actually had to aggressively pursue mm. the the happiness and the joyfulness because mm. it doesn't come naturally mm. uh, and i wonder about that i think yeah, obviously, the world we're in, we're definitely still in some semblance of a global pandemic. Things are totally not back to how they were in 2019. Yeah. There are global events going on all the time. Things even just in our neighbourhoods or just stuff tragically happens. And it can you can look around and kind of the nihilist white go, it's all going, everything just decays, everything's dying, the how can you truly be happy Uh, and that is a challenge and i think that's why you've got to go well are we just deluding ourselves Mm. to be happy or Mm. is there something that's truly to be happy but there's also a tension there is pain and there is joy and we go back to the children thing i'm they laugh so many hundreds of times each day but they'd also do, I'm sure of it, I'm, they cry way more than adults do. It's almost like they're in tune with and feel free to express their emotions as they come. Mm. Whereas we, in order to protect ourselves from maybe the pain, also end up numbing ourselves from the true joy mm. and th- the experiencing the, the, the depths of the colours and the smells and the aromas and the beauties. One quick thing. Is it a nihilist or a nihilist? Yeah, great question. Uh, I feel like I've it... heard of the term nihilism, oh. but also nihilism. Nihilist, what is someone that really likes people called Neil? Oh, that's what I thought you meant. <laughs> no, obviously nihilism, but I don't know how. Listeners, find out for us. Is it nihilism or nihilism? And are you a Neil? We want to hear from you. Anyway, <laughs> um... But, but I do was think, that in your mind the entire time? I was no, I tried that really to like, beautiful remember all the other things you said. But you're saying, you know, are pain. we allowed joy because there's so much pain? <laughs> or, you know, are we deluded if we experience joy? And I recognise that's an interesting question. I suppose maybe uh, it, the same thing can happen and you can view it in different ways. 
and, and maybe I, it's not about the global things, but even in your own life, mm. like I told that story at the beginning, well, I can look back on it and be like, oh, what an idiot, that was so embarrassing, <laughs> embarrassment is pain, uh, more pain, uh. or I can be like, oh, that's quite funny, it's a good learning point, and yeah. I still coached there for two more years, you know, yeah. and, they didn't oust me or run a coup and get rid of this coach. I learned and I developed. And so it's kind of a funny story. Because it's like, yeah, David, if you'd really thought about that differently, you'd have figured that out. Oh, yeah, of course. And I did. And so I think we can look at things and choose, like, are we going to laugh at ourselves or laugh at the situation or are we not going to? And even children get that. Like, when you're wor- like working, sorry, when you have like a two-year-old who's just working or learning how to walk, and they fall over. What do they do? They look to the parents for the response. Yeah. And if the parent is like, <gasps> what's going to happen? Four seconds later, they're going to start crying. If you laugh, the kids will be like, oh, yeah. There's a, there's a better chance. Not always. There's a better chance. Yeah. They're going to start laughing and be like, oh, that's all right. That's what happens. And that, that's a choice from the parents, but also for everybody that we can choose. How, how do we look at this? And... And I think life is a bit more fun when you choose joy. For sure. And it's not to be light. I think there's a weightiness to true joy, not to make light of things that do matter um, necessarily. But there there is also a weight to joy. I think, you know, sometimes we can be like, oh, you're not taking it seriously. Like, this is a serious matter. You should be serious now. And there is a time maybe where it's not appropriate to just like, (laughs) (laughs) but to have true joy, whatever that looks like in your mind, in my mind, I think Mm. there is a weightiness to that as well. For sure. Absolutely. I think there's a couple of things that come to mind. It just comes from things I've listened to and read, but you can, yeah, the, the same thing can happen to you and your response can totally change the direction it can either be as you say i'm gonna wallow in the badness and be miserable or i'm gonna be choose joy even though it's difficult and painful at the moment or embarrassing it can just be but that that choice is not isolated from other people Mm. so if i choose to go well because there's pain and darkness in this world i can't allow myself to be joyful then i'm going to be more miserable or dark (laughs) and i'm going to make other people around me more miserable and dark. whereas if i choose joy in despite of the the hard things or even maybe it through in them and maybe because of them i'm not sure but even if i choose joy i'm more likely to have a positive influence on other people and actually bring a little bit more joy into the world help cycle things up yeah actually my response influences the world and so by choosing joy i'm Mm. making the world slightly more joy filled Mm. i like that and i think that's the journey isn't it we're we're the make it count podcast it's about moving forward purposefully but i think it's definitely moving forward with joy as well and that joy really is linked (laughs) to those things yeah let us know what you think let us know what gets you joyful yeah and uh, in this uncertain world, if you want clarity, book a coaching conversation with me. It might help you find a little bit more joy in your journey. And you may even have some good chuckles. <laughs> well, I was having a laugh with a coaching client earlier today. It is allowed. We've had some fun laughs in our coaching conversations. Indeed we have. Anyway, that's a, that's a wrap from this episode. 
we'll uh, see you next week on the Make It Count podcast. Bye.